Hello, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. This is a podcast of stories, stories of devastating loss and grief and heartbreak and struggle, and stories of hope and healing and faith and, yes, even joy. Underlying every conversation is the hope we have in Jesus Christ, which makes it possible to not just survive the loss of a child, but to live well while we're waiting to see them again in heaven one day. You can learn more about our ministry and the free Bereaved Parent Retreats we host by visiting our website at www.whilewe'rewaiting.org. Welcome to episode number 118. Today, I'm pleased to introduce you to my new friends, Steve and Heather Colvin, the founders of AJ's Place, a nonprofit organization that works to bring healing and hope to families who have been struck by the tragedy of infant and womb loss. In the first half of this two-part episode, they share the story of their precious daughter, Anna Joy, who was born at 27 weeks gestation and went to heaven one short week later. They honestly and candidly discuss the impact of AJ's homegoing on their faith and on their marriage, and I'm grateful to have them as my guests today. Hi, Steve and Heather. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Yeah, I am so glad that y'all are here with me today. I've met personally most of the guests that I have on the podcast, but today is a little bit different. We have actually not had the opportunity to meet in person, so I'm really excited to hear your story. And I'd love to begin by just hearing all about you. Tell us where you're from and what life is like for you there. We uh, we live in Mount Vernon, Washington, and uh, it's kind of a small town. And, uh, so we live on the, on the end of a dead end gravel road and, uh, and we love it. That's perfect for us. Uh, plenty of room for the kids to run and play and don't have through traffic. And I, um, I homeschool our kids. I am a former teacher, but now I, um, homeschool. So I, uh, (laughs) part-time I drive a, uh, wheelchair van, uh, for Medicaid patients. And then, uh, I do that. And then also Mm -hmm. I work on, uh, our nonprofit. Yes. Which we'll, I know, get more into later. Yeah. Yeah. Driving a wheelchair van like that, that's a ministry too in mm-hmm. itself. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is. I've had the opportunity to just to kind of comfort people and, and, uh, and pray with them. Yeah. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, you mentioned that you have kids. Tell me a little bit about your kids. So uh, we get asked how many kids we have, and we say uh, we have yes, we have ten. Question: <laughs> We have ten. Um, we yeah. are former foster parents, so we have three that live in our house with us right now. Um, we have one grown son um, uh-huh. who is a college professor, and we, it's a very neat story for another time. We gave him up for adoption and open adoption. So uh, when I was really young and. Then we and we have one in heaven, um, which is Anna Joy, and then um, we have different foster kids that we still have contact with all over the country. Wow! So ten kids that you've had the privilege of having a part of their their lives. Yes. That's wonderful. Yes. Now I would love for you to just kind of give us the gift of sharing Anna Joy's story with us. Uh well, our. Um our oldest that uh, lives with us, she was uh, about two years old when we started trying for another child. And um, 
it was taking a while and uh we decided at that time that we also wanted to pursue becoming foster parents and so we started down down that road and went through the the application process and all of that and we uh felt like that was that was the next step for us uh but we also had a pastor at the time that um really felt very strongly for us to not give up on another biological child of our own so i mean we didn't we didn't give up on it we just were like okay that's that's awesome you know we'll see if that happens and when that happens um so uh then it was um our oldest was 8 and then when, when we started um, having other uh, kids come into our home, so we had um, some different sets of foster kids. Mm-hmm. And then when she was nine, uh, we found out that we were pregnant. We had been believing for a little girl for eight years. So she was like, we testified about her at church. It was a huge celebration. Mm-hmm. Then um, the pregnancy was going well. And then about um, five months into the pregnancy. Um, I had a little Mm -hmm. bit of some high blood pressure and then, um, they were just watching me. Then I was getting more symptoms and and I was, had to go into triage at a local hospital here and they were monitoring. Um, we call her AJ too, Anna Joy or AJ. They were monitoring her. She was doing great. They did on one ultrasound and get all the pictures of her heart that they wanted to. Um, but they weren't concerned and then, um, then I came home, and then I really wasn't feeling well mm-hmm. and really bad migraines. And then um, we went back to the hospital, and I was admitted, and they said that I was going to complete uh, my pregnancy so uh, in the hospital, like I was going to be on bed rest in the hospital for the mm-hmm. rest of my pregnancy. Which would right. have been about another three months. Yeah, two, three months. Um, but we, I had all the confidence, like, this is our promised child, We'd been believing for her. This was an answer to prayer. The Lord is faithful. And we had, I had no worries at all about it. So, um, yeah, we just were getting adjusted our new, our, what was going to be our new life. We had, our son was not adopted yet. He was a foster. So when you have a foster child, then you've got social workers in the house. And so there was a lot that was a little bit harder to arrange. Mm -hmm. Um, But our, our troop just stood up or, um, came around us and was helping us getting kids to school and all those types of things. So, um, mm. so they were really great. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, a week, a week later, after you were in the hospital, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, then they were doing tests. They wanted to do one uh, more blood test, and it was for something they were co- we'd never heard of called HELP syndrome. And they wanted to test me for that because it was going to have to be a C-section, and that's where the body doesn't uh, clot. So. That's, uh, and it's also liver, the liver shutting down. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, then that test came back positive and then suddenly our world just like, we went from just one, we're just going to stay here to, we have to deliver this baby today. And I, um, after things had settled down a little bit, we were kind of in the new rhythm of Heather being at the hospital. Then I was back at home. Uh, well, I was bouncing between the hospital and home, and uh, I had actually uh, gone back to work because I had taken a little bit of time off with with everything, and I had gone back to work, and then Heather had that uh, meeting with the doctor in the morning, 
And then after the meeting, uh, she called me and told me what they said and said that I need to get down there, uh, because, uh, they're yeah. going to deliver. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in a whirlwind, I left work and, and, uh, got down there just in time as they were taking her off to surgery. Yeah. Now, how many weeks were you into the pregnancy at this point? So I was 27. 27, 27 weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they tried to do um, an epidural, but that wasn't working um, a couple of times. So then they said they had to put me completely under and Steve couldn't be with me. So that was really, uh, oh, wow. that was really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had, we had people in the waiting room, uh, with me, but then, um, then we heard the code blue go off in the hospital. And of course, instantly I knew that that's the room they were headed to. Sure. <laughs> so I got up and dashed down the hall and they said that Heather's fine, but the baby wasn't breathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they got her breathing, mm-hmm. but uh, the only person that I could think that I wanted to process with was Heather, and I couldn't. Sure. So, yeah. uh, but my daughter Lydia was there, um, our oldest that's in the house, and uh, so I w- wanted to grab her, and uh, someone had actually taken her downstairs when the code blue went off just to take her away from the trauma um, of what was happening. Yeah. So I didn't have her with me at the moment either, but people um, that I, that we had waiting at the hospital, they, they came around me and started praying. And then I went back down the hall mm-hmm. um, and they actually took me to a, a separate room across the hall from the operating room for a few minutes, just to, to kind of be able to be by myself and, and, uh, yeah. And then, um, you know, they kept, they came in and they, you know, they were updating me on, on how Anna Joy was doing and they, they got her stable. Then they were able to, um, put her into an incubator and they were going to wheel her down to the NIC unit. And I was, uh, I was able then to, to grab Lydia and we were able to go down, uh, the hall and, mm-hmm. and just see her for a minute in the incubator. Yeah. She was so tiny. Mm. She was less than two pounds. Wow. And uh, so we just had a minute uh, with her, and then they took her down to the NIC unit. And uh, so then we went back out to the waiting room until they were, until they brought Heather out um, to recovery. And then, um, yeah, then in recovery, I was just trying to, you know, once she was awake, I was just trying to catch her up on everything that had happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you woke up and didn't know the outcome, no. I guess. Mm-mm. No, I didn't know the yeah. outcome and I didn't know how sick I was. Um, I had to have two blood transfusions because of that help syndrome. So I had, it's kind of funny, um, but somebody came in and uh, <laughs> the things people shouldn't say and um, to see me <laughs> and right, they said yeah. the look on their face was very shocked that I 
didn't look very well. And now we laugh about it because it's hilarious. Um, Steve and I laugh all the time. Um, right. It's just something the Lord's given us. So uh, it's just, you know, laughter is mm-hmm. good medicine. And um, so that was pretty funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but uh, then things just kind of, okay, so here's, here's you know, again, our next new normal. And we have, you know, a tiny baby in the NICU yeah. unit. But this is our promise. And mm-hmm. um you know, she's going to have ups and downs. Um, that's, yeah, that's what they told us. Yeah, but we were, I was still completely yeah. confident that uh, she was going to live. Yeah. So, uh, and she did really well. Um, she she was doing better and better. Um, I was recovering from C-section. I think I met her at two days old. Yeah, so recovering from a C-section and, and a couple of drug, or excuse me, blood transfusions, so. Um, I was pretty, yeah, pretty weak. So um, during during that time, then I was going between Heather's room and the NICU, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, um, I was always at the NICU unit for the doctor's rounds, and uh, and they mm-hmm. would you know update on what's going on and what they're going to do and and all of that. But I was also trying to be caregiver for my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was a, a balance mm-hmm. where. You know, people would come to visit and see her, and I would take them down, you know, to the NIC unit to to see her, and then um, get back up to be with Heather. And it was, I felt like uh, I wanted to I wanted to be in both places at the same time. Yeah. Well, and then you still had children at home. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yes. So you were having to balance what was going on at home as mm-hmm. well. Exactly. Yes. And our son. Um, was uh, he still had contact with his sister at the time, um, his biological sister. So Steve was also coordinating visits with his biological sister, and she was moving oh, wow. to Florida. So within that same week, it was like it was only the Lord's grace because I don't know how that all got done, yeah. <laughs> except for Jesus and our tribe. <laughs> so, right. yeah. Yes. Yep. And then I was released from the hospital, so we had her on a Monday, mm-hmm. and on um, on June 9th, two thousand fourteen, and then um, that Saturday I was released from the hospital, and um, then the next day uh, we went back to the hospital and kind of developing what would be our normal and uh, our third new normal, yeah. and um, right, yeah, and but we hadn't told anyone um, Anna Joyce middle name because we were waiting to tell um, the people who she was named after. So we went back to the hospital Mm -hmm. on, and this was Father's Day, 2014. And our pastors, some of our pastors came with us and they didn't know that her middle name was named after the pastor's wife. So we got to, so we got to introduce them to Anna Joy and then tell them that her name is, is Anna Joy Lindsay. So Mm -hmm. Lindsay is our, is our uh, pastor's, uh, yeah, one of our pastors. So, yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment, um, and it was Father's Day, and yeah, and it and it was, it was amazing. And then the next uh, morning, we started getting calls from the hospital that Anna Joy wasn't doing well, and or she had a rough night, mm-hmm. and she wasn't doing well, mm-hmm. and so we needed to get down there. But there wasn't an urgency like that this was the end because we'd heard, you know, mm. babies in the unit, ups mm-hmm. and downs. We were, we thought we were kind of ready for that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so I had a, we had a friend um, who drove me down and um, Steve was at work and I was going to get to the hospital. And that was my next first day back to work. And, you know, I was going to call him and. Oh, then, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just tell him, give him updates. This is where we're at. And um, uh, we're about half an hour. Well, we were living on Camino Island. It's not as luxurious as it sounds. There's a bridge <laughs> <laughs> from the island to get to the town. There's no ferry. So, uh, but we were, we were about half an hour away from the hospital. And uh, so my friend uh, got me down there and we walked in and then my whole world shattered. So um, we walked mm. in and, uh, and, uh, they were doing CPR on, on Asia Joy. Mm. Yeah. What a hard thing to see, to walk in on and see that with your tiny little baby. Yeah. And, uh, I remember them having me sit down, but, um, the world or the room, excuse me, was just like spinning and, uh, mm. and, and the only thing I could hear was the Lord say, um, do not look to the right or to the left <laughs> over and over again. Mm -hmm. But I could say I probably really wasn't here on this earth at that time. I wasn't aware of yeah. everything that was happening. They kept coming up to me and saying, can we stop doing CPR? And I kept saying, Steve's mm -hmm. not here yet. Yeah. So I think I said that like, I don't know, two or three times. I think our friend said something like that. Yeah. See what was happening with you at that time. So the hospital had called me and uh, I had told them that Heather was on her way down. But again, there wasn't um, a lot of urgency. It didn't sound like. Um, and I said, well, yeah. Heather's, you know, she'll be there in shortly. And, uh, then they called me back and said, and then they said the words, you need to get down here. And all I could think is how come you couldn't tell me that sooner? Because you, mm, yeah. you all had told us that there's going to be ups and downs, but right. You know, that it was more serious than they were telling me on the phone to start with. Yeah. So, you know, again, trying to balance life and kids and work and all of that. I mean, I never yeah. would have gone to work, obviously. Uh, and we could have gone down sure. together. But as soon as I recognized and they said that urgency, I left work immediately mm -hmm. and uh, flew down there as fast as I could, trying to call Heather, trying to find out, get details, trying to find all that stuff out. And I couldn't get a hold of her or our friend. And so I started, I, I was calling our support and uh, just trying to um, do whatever I could while I wasn't thinking clearly. And uh, right. then when I, when I uh, finally got down to the hospital, I, at, at the front entrance, there's, there was valet parking and I just left the keys in the car running in the, and uh, left the door open and said, I got to get to the NIC unit and, figured, you know, who cares about my truck, whatever happens, happens. And, right. uh, then right. I had to wait for the elevator and 
what seemed like took forever, but it really was actually taking a long, lot longer than normal. <laughs> it wasn't just that it yeah, seemed like it. Yeah. And I was asking security that was right there. Is there stairs? Is there stairs? I can, cause you know, obviously there has to be stairs somewhere and they're like, no, you, there's no. Right. And I'm like, how everything's stacked against me trying to see my daughter. Yeah. So finally I get on the elevator that's packed full of people and I just have to go one floor. And the door opened and I ran out and around the corner and into the Nick unit area past the front desk person, you know, and I'm sure they knew who I was and what I was, why, you know, they didn't try to stop me. Yeah, sure. And, uh, and I get around the corner and, and I just see Heather and her friends sitting there and no one in Anna Joy's room. Mm-hmm. And so I instantly knew. But I didn't know the whole drive down and all of that. I could find out. I didn't know. You know, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't uh, expecting that to be the case. So, right. uh, yeah. And I could see. I could see her. I could see Anna Joy in the Nick unit, laying there. But she didn't have any tubes in her anymore. Mm. And. Uh, and then it felt like, um, I can't actually remember getting into her room, but suddenly we were surrounded by uh, friends mm-hmm. um, and people from church. Yeah. And uh, it was good. One thing that sticks out is one of our friends um, made a declarative word over us right there um, in AJ's room that we will not let your marriage fail, which was... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So prophetic mm-hmm. right in the moment to, um, it was so the Lord to say that right at that yeah. moment. Uh-huh. And we hadn't gotten a chance to hold AJ. And so Steve and I both, it was hard, but we both got a chance to hold her. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, probably for me, one of the hardest moments was after we got back home, one, a, Leaving with without her was awful. Leaving the hospital, yes. Um, but when we got back home, and when we had to tell our daughter, that was yes. that was the worst. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just cried. Yeah, I can just imagine how brokenhearted she was. Yes, yeah. and um, and you know you're not in your right mind, and suddenly you're right. <laughs> planning a memorial service and. You know, what things do you want? And you're at the funeral home and you don't want to be there. And um, we had uh, amazing people with us. One of our pastors was with us at the funeral home. So that was really great. And the service, um, we had a graveside service and then we had a we had a memorial service and they were both um, really beautiful so uh, at the graveside, um, the pa- one of our pastors was saying something, and the cemetery, um, we call it AJ's Place. That's just what we started calling it, which ended up being our nonprofit's name. And, but it started there that we called it her place. And down below is um, a train comes through. So we're up above, and so you can see like the islands and or one of the islands and, and see the Puget Sound. And but right as he was talking, this train that's coming into town just starts blaring its horn. And 
Steve and I just both found it funny. Totally, totally drowned him out. Totally, mm-hmm. yeah, you couldn't you hear. You could a see word. his lips moving, but you couldn't hear a word. So, <laughs> right, and um, and we're so thankful for those moments that the Lord um, provides for us, but specifically during that time. Yeah, yeah. And then at our church, we we had a um, her memorial service. We had people that we hadn't seen in a really long time you know, traveling across the Washington state and, um, from Canada, cause we're not that far, <laughs> uh, came down and, and, yeah. uh-huh. and, uh, and came to the service. And we had, um, three people gave their lives to the Lord at her service. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. So that meant so much yeah. to us. Well, thank y'all for sharing her story with so much honesty and emotion. You know, your love for her just comes through as you're talking and uh, sharing about her. And, and I love that. That's a blessing to hear. Also, I love Anna Joy's name because it's so similar to my daughter's name. Now, my daughter's name was Hannah Joy, mm-hmm. two separate words. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I was so intrigued when I saw Anna Joy's name in print that it is one word, capital A, capital J. How did y'all decide on her name? I know about her middle name now. Right. What about her first name? Uh, that's another um, interesting story. My mom um, had a traumatic brain injury, and um, I, I don't remember how long ago. But she had, so I basically lost my mom because mentally she wasn't there anymore. She was in a, um, in a care facility. So, uh, my Lydia was our oldest at home was pretty little and we would go visit her. Sometimes she knew us. Sometimes she didn't know who we were really. And, um, she ended up, uh, not hard, but she ended up hitting my daughter. So I had to discipline my mom. And it was really, really difficult mm. to reprimand her. Oh, yeah. And uh, my mom was young, too, when she had the traumatic brain injury. She was only in her um, late 50s. So uh, mm. I was driving back home and just crying out to the Lord because it was so devastating. And um, he started speaking to hope, which he always does. And so this was a year before we conceived Anna Joy. And he said, you will have a daughter mm. and her name will be Anna Joy, which is which is prophet of joy. So that's how mm, her name yeah. came to be. Yeah, I love that. Anna is one of my favorite characters from the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, her role in knowing the Messiah even before uh, the others did. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's just an intriguing name to me. I love it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so cute that you call her AJ yeah. as well. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. You know, it seems like when a baby goes to heaven, so much of the attention and focus goes to the mom. And that makes sense. It's understandable because the mom is the one that carries the baby and gives birth. I do feel like, though, that dads tend to get overlooked in these types of situations. And obviously, as you shared your story, Steve, your emotion clearly came through. Your love for your daughter came through. Can you speak to that issue of, of, people maybe tending to overlook the role of the dad in a situation like this? Yeah. Thank you. Um, Thank you for seeing that. (laughs) And you're right. It it does. um, There are times where it felt like I wasn't seen, you know, by the hospital and, and, and honestly, I mean, even, even by Heather during some of that, um, 
so, but before all this, Heather and I were, we were already very disjointed. Um, our marriage was not going well. And so this compounded those problems. Um, sure. uh, just to fast forward for a second, the Lord has restored our marriage and, uh, about five years ago now, but yeah, at this time, at, at that time, um, I mean, I had questions, uh, about options leading up to what happened and, uh, things that I, I, I just felt like my questions were never heard any opinions yeah. that I had about things. Not like I'm a medical doctor at all, but you know, questions about, well, Hey, what if, what if we do this? You know, it was, I was never considered, um, in that. And, uh, and so that was, that was difficult. Uh, it's painful to not be heard, you know, and to think that maybe I had something that could have, you know, to contribute that could have changed things. I mean, I, I don't know. The outcome may have been the same, but yet, you know, we may have been able to walk the process a little bit better together, um, or be in unity over the decisions that were made. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I, uh, I, I think that it, it sounds from things that I'm hearing, it does kind of sound like in some aspects that's at least starting to change. There's a little more recognition, uh, for the dads, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, really, I mean, Heather and I, we didn't, uh, necessarily grieve together very well to start with. Um, yeah. you know, I like, the focus after Anna Joy passed uh, did seem to be more on, you know, what Heather needed and, and not like I was totally disregarded, but, but there are certain things that I needed for closure that I didn't get. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I needed to see her again. I mean, not like Heather didn't, but it's different. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in, in who I am. I, I needed even if it's, you know, it's just her shell, I still needed to see her again. And I thought I'd get to, and yeah. it didn't work out that way. So uh, I thought I'd get to at the funeral home. Yeah. So then I, uh, I went into more of a tailspin, you know. Um, like I said already, our, our marriage was already suffering, and, and I just distanced myself even more when I couldn't get what I needed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so like I, I would go to the cemetery and, um, mm -hmm. I would sit there with her at the cemetery. I would talk to her and, uh, I'd cry. I'd yell at God. Yeah. <laughs> And I'd turn around and I'd worship. Mm, worship just yeah. seemed to be the only thing that could soothe my broken heart. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, and Heather didn't know I was going there, but we were so disjointed that I had just assumed that she was too and not telling me. So then later I found out she didn't. Yeah. And so we had to overcome that too. Mm-hmm. Now when we go there, um, kind of jumping around, but now when we go um, to her place, yeah, it's even more healing than it was before. And we go together, mm -hmm. and and it's different every yeah. time, but we, 
even as we're going through a, you know, maybe we're going through a, a wave of grief while we're there for part of the time, but um, we always walk away better, mm-hmm. better than when we, yeah. when we entered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you mind talking about how you worked through those issues with your marriage? You said you were very disjointed at the time. But things are better now. What what happened in the interim? How how did you guys learn to grieve together? Um, well, I'll start, and then and then we'll see what Steve says. <laughs> um, I had to have a major interruption from the Lord, so it was a major interruption. Um, I didn't know that it, things were so bad and so disjointed um, that Steve was like he was like I have to, I'm going to leave. That's where we were at um, that morning. Again, we we laugh at the Lord's um, <laughs> because it was April Fool's Day, and uh, <laughs> on uh, in I don't remember what year, but I literally just got a revelation from Holy Spirit, and um, literally my eyes were opened, and I can only account it to the Lord. It was uh, a Jesus experience, and I um, I saw the blood of the Lord. It's I know it's very weird, but literally the scales were like fell off my eyes. And he had showed me how every time I had kept Steve away from me and pushed him away, I was, it was like, I was harming myself because we are one flesh. And so he was, he gave me a picture Mm -hmm. of that. I was literally gouging my own right side, which was how Steve and I were joined. At least that's how I saw it. And from there we started walking it out and it was the Lord. I wanted, I didn't want to do the process cause I don't, I don't like the process. I'm like, I got the revelation. So it's just different. <laughs> We're just different now. And Steve's like, well, there's a process uh-huh. and that's me. I don't want to walk the process, right, but right. the Lord changed. It took time and I heard Steve differently and he heard me differently. And we had to slowly get uh, away the old mindsets. And it was like he said, this was compounded. This was not just for Anna Joy. This was garbage that had never been dealt with for years in our marriage. And I'd kept him away for years. And so it, it took a long time, but we'll fast forward to that we at, I know this is a different question. We're kind of jumping into it, but we, um, we celebrate uh, AJ's uh, birthday and her going home day every year, which they're a week apart. So the month of June, um, that's what we do. And this year when Steve and I on her going home day, we were at her place together. Steve wanted to do a recording of himself and talking. I absolutely did not. But there was just this grace that I was like, there's grace here from the Lord that wasn't there before that I was like, that's awesome. You do what we weren't offended with each other. And that's just, Mm -hmm. that's, that's Jesus because there's, there's no way we could have come up with that on our own. And I think it's just being open. I would say it just starts with your yes. Yes, Lord. What do you want us? Yes. What do you want to do? It it starts with obedience and it's just one, one yes at a time. Like, is that like? Too funny or cliche. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. So, I like that yeah. one yes at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, really, um, for me, like how I, I mean, I shared how I handled um, not being heard. Yeah. But uh, the other piece to that, um, 
so those that's kind of how I didn't handle it well. The other piece to that, though, um, I learned that our our Heavenly Father listens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I would talk to the Father. He would hear me. He would listen to me. He would tell me that my opinion counts for something. He sees value in my position as a father, and he sees value in my thoughts. Yes. Um, he wants me to talk to him. He wants all of us to talk to him. Uh, and during that time, during one of those conversations, he told me that he lost a son once. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so he knows the pain, the anguish. And I just felt him wrap his arms around me. And it was so tangible. And it felt so good. And there's one, there's a, a worship song that um, says, lean back into the Father, into the loving arms of the Father. And I just love that song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That song uh, yeah. mm-hmm. spoke huge to me at that time. Still does, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, yeah, well, because that's what you were doing. It sounds yeah. like that song describes exactly where you found yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's something I just thought of, kind of jumping back a, a, a piece of AJ's story that we haven't, that we didn't finish, that we always, yeah. <laughs> that we got. Uh, I don't know why, but the Lord just brought reminded me. But in the summer after um, Anna Joy passed. Uh, I kept hearing um, that hope is coming and we were still active foster parents at the time. And I just yeah. felt tangible. Yeah. Like it's a little girl. She's coming. Her name's hope, but we didn't tell any, a baby and we didn't tell anybody cause they would think we were out of our minds. So, <laughs> you know, we were, uh, yeah, right. uh-huh. we probably kind of were. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we had we had right. Lydia at home. I was going to say, your uh, grieving parents, you were kind of out of your minds. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, we had Jordan. Um, uh, wasn't uh, wasn't, wasn't adopted. adopted yet. I mean, we we knew he was. We knew deep down he was permanent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just had to walk that out. It took yeah. it took two, but, two and a half years to be able to adopt. Sure. Him, so. But then I was. Um, in Washington state there, there's something called the placement desk and you get emails about foster kids. And so I was looking, checking our email and saw an email from the placement desk that said baby girl at Providence hospital, five days old needs to be released immediately. And I heard the Lord say to me, don't call Steve, call the placement desk. And so I called and then this gal from uh, the state said, you're the first phone call I've gotten. And a side note is that babies don't at that time, they're placed really, really fast. So they don't come around too often yeah. um, in foster care. So, uh, and she said, you're the first phone call I've gotten. I'm going to give this baby to you. And uh, I had to act normal oh, wow. because I just was like, this is the Lord, but I have to keep my voice normal. <laughs> And, um, (laughs) so, uh, we didn't know her name. We didn't know anything about her. And so then I, then I called Steve 
And then they had to do checks on us because then it kind of came out, oh, well, they lost a baby. The nice thing was, is that we already had an active social worker in the house because of our son. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, the Lord totally had our daughter in his hands. And one of our good friends is one of the um, main placements was at the time for babies who were um, drug affected, exposed that family, they've adopted mm-hmm. seven children. And, um, but, but the, yeah, baby drug affected babies would go to them. And so it took a little, uh, finagling, but our friend is a fiery redhead PK. So, um, <laughs> at first they told her, no, you're not going to go get that uh-huh. baby. And then 10 minutes later, they called her back and said, you can go pick up the baby. <laughs> so oh, wow. our friend went, wow. yes. Now this is the same hospital. Uh, where AJ was born. This is the same Nick unit. And the Lord always said, and we say she was not, she is not a replacement, but she is redemption for what was stolen. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, our friend saved um, all the first for us. We got to come meet her. So we met her at six days old. We got to give her her first bath. We got to do everything. Steve was at the department uh, of child services and we, they would say, oh, this social work isn't here, he said. And he was like, I am not leaving till I speak to the supervisor. And he didn't, and he did. Uh-huh. And five days later, we got to bring um, our daughter home from our friend's house. And then a year later, we got to adopt her. So, yeah, it was a really wow. beautiful story. And backing up, we thought um, when we found out her name, which wasn't right away, and uh we found out her name was Faith and very amazing because her parents were in a drug induced state at the time and they named her Faith, yeah. um, which yeah. is awesome. And, but I kept saying to Steve, I'm like, I, I was positive that her name was going to be Hope. I was like, I just couldn't, her name's supposed to be Hope. And Steve said, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And I was like, oh, and that just became. that was already our oldest daughter in our house's favorite verse. And that's a life verse for us. And that's really the verse we've just stood on. I've stood on for this whole process and before, but I was like, Oh yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) So once we adopted faith, we Uh. um, changed her middle name to justice. Really neat. We actually got to adopt both of our kids on the same day, which was a um, the Lord's favor because that they're separate cases. That doesn't happen, but they did a the judge did us a special favor, and we got to have a double adoption day. And he said he had never seen a room, a courtroom so packed out, and um, there wasn't a dry eye in the room because it mm-hmm. it meant you know so much. So, yeah, um, yeah, we still got to do all the things. Um, so we have an almost eight year old in our house and we've still gotten to do all the things that, you know, she's a, she, she's a worshiper. She is a total spitfire, (laughs) (laughs) keeps us on our toes. (laughs) Uh Um, but we are so thankful for the gift of, of faith. Yes. Oh. I love what you said. She's not a replacement, but she's redemption. Yes. Because so often we we meet people and they have another child after their child goes to heaven, whether that's an infant or an older child. And that's a fear that every bereaved parent has 
they know that baby's not a replacement. Right. But other people sometimes look at it that way. Right. And to be able to have the language to describe it that way, to say, no, this baby is not a replacement. Yes. But there is redemption here. That's, I, I love having that language, that mm-hmm. vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be able to share with others. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Yes. This concludes the first half of my conversation with Steve and Heather Colvin. I hope you'll come back next week as we extend our discussion to include a wide range of issues faced by bereaved parents and to hear about the amazing ways God is using AJ's Place, a foundation of hope, to provide support for hurting moms and dads. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to sharing the rest of our chat with you next Wednesday.